Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's Excellent! Excellent adventure. Hey, everybody. Oh, welcome no. to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're changing up the order a little bit. Uh, it's supposed to be my week, but we're going to let Ryan make Devin and I watch two movies that we've never seen before <laughs> in honor of this weekend's big release. That's not X-Men <laughs> because we're recording this on the Wednesday night of the last week of August. And I still don't believe that in two days, new mutants will be hitting theaters. Seems risky. <laughs> um, no, we're going to do our tie in for Bill and Ted face the music by, by having Devin and I talk about or watch Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and bogus journey for the first time. So without further ado, I'm going to toss it over to Ryan. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you act like, did you not expect that? No, like, I just, I drew a blank and I had to say something. So I just went to that. Um, so Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Excellent Adventure came out in 89 and Bogus Journey came out in 91. The reason why I had you guys watch both was because my personal opinion, you cannot watch one without watching the other. They just go hand in hand. Um, they are kind they're definitely two different uh both films have have two different feels um so i feel like this is going to be a very interesting conversation um so did you guys want to hear about my first experience with these movies or do you want sure. me to yeah i mean that's okay. usually what we do so okay yeah. yeah true um so my experience with these movies was actually seeing bogus journey first uh, mm -hmm. on like uh, on network television. And obviously, as you can imagine, these films lead themselves to network television simply because there's really nothing to edit out of these things. Um, and I liked it as a kid. I, uh, I loved the alien scientist dude in the second one. And then when I was a bit older, I would say probably Ella, like fourth, fifth grade is when I saw... Um, no, not fourth or fifth grade. It was before we moved. So before I was. Before puberty. Uh, before the age of eight. So definitely, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, so before the age of eight, I saw Bogus Journey. When I was like nine or ten, I saw the first one. Um, and these kind of led themselves into like the Wayne's World vein a little bit. I definitely watched Wayne's World more than these. But, I def but, but for a while, I liked bill and ted as much as i liked wayne and garth um it's just as i got older a little bit i've kind of fallen out of watching these movies but with the new one coming out i definitely wanted you guys to see them because i they're a cornerstone and when it comes to like that you know comedies in the late 80s early 90s so um so since we're doing two, I don't. Do we want to follow the double feature format and talk about one film at a time, or just talk about them in general? I think I'd like to talk about them one at a time because I okay. definitely have very different opinions on each one. Okay. So I guess we're going to start with the first one. So I guess, what were your thoughts on Excellent Journey? So I watched. Alan knows me really well, and I know what I was going to think of this movie 
like before I watched it. So it's one of those movies that like is so much in pop culture. Like I knew like, you know, he's gonna be like, oh, I'm Keanu Reeves and like just do his like bogus Keanu Reeves thing. And it just seemed a little bit like Wayne's worldly, but also there was a time machine and also it happened to be a phone booth kind of like, like Doctor Who. So I was like, all right, I get it. Like I'll just watch it because it's something I have to do for the podcast. I ended up really liking the first one a lot more than I thought I would, uh, but not because of Bill and Ted. I think my favorite part of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the historical figures and just what they do with them. And if I could have had more historical figure in this movie and less Bill and Ted in this movie, like, I think it would be almost perfect. Like, give me a scene where Ford's trying to psychoanalyze Genghis Khan. Give me a scene (laughs) where, like, Joan of Arc is fighting, like, not Genghis, Napoleon or something. Like, that would be awesome. And that's what I like so much about this movie is are those things. And I'll get into that more in detail later. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Um, I like the historical figure stuff. I kind of agree that it would have been fun to have more than just a 10 minute montage of the figures at the mall. But it was great. It was, it was really great. Um, I, I felt bad for Joan of Arc cause all they have her do is aerobics. It's like, Oh yeah, it was the eighties. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's weird watching Keanu Reeves. So young. Yeah. What was your first introduction to Keanu Reeves? Cause I think for me, it was, Probably the Matrix. It was definitely the Matrix for me. Because I didn't really watch much else before that. Like I don't think I had seen Speed. I think there was a like a rom or a, a romance movie he was in oh. about wine that like he lives on a vineyard in Italy and it burns down and he falls in love with the daughter of the owner of the vineyard. It was weird. I think I watched that a few times because my mom would watch it on like oh. TNT they know drama um <laughs> but yeah like the matrix is the first time i was like whoa yeah i mean i think that's my real first exposure to him like i i've still never seen any speed movie i don't know how many of those he's in um i know one. that he does like a what he's only in the one. first one. Oh, we only in one yeah oh there are like two though right they yes. didn't get him for the second one. Oh no that's why nobody talks about it oh yeah that's a shame yeah and i know he's like he does this like vampire movie doesn't he constantine that's it no no, uh, he, him in that. he did. Uh, he wasn't. It was a Dracula movie. Yeah, right? he was in Dracula with a bad accent. Yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah he was I'm British. Dracula. He made some weird choices in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. And then but, he to had be, Devil's Advocate. To, but to be fair, yeah. he's still making weird choices today. Pretty accurate. <laughs> like though. as much as much as everyone loves John Wick, they he also made 47 Ronin. Like I forgot about people forget. Ronin. Yeah, people forget about that. Wow. Um, Ryan, how about you? Was this your first exposure to Keanu Reeves? Well, uh, technically it was Bogus Journey was. Well, yeah, Bill and Ted. Yeah, okay. So my exposure was Bill and Ted. uh, Bill and Ted. um, And then I saw Point Break before I saw Speed. And then I saw Constantine after Speed. And the reason why I can list these is because Keanu Reeves is, is one of my favorite just like I don't, I don't, I don't want to say like generic actors, but for a long time, Keanu Reeves was just a cool guy in my mind. Like it was just like, he was an actor that lived on the beach and rolled off his like bungalow hammock and wandered on to the movie set to do his lines. Like that's the kind of person I thought he was just like the hippie, like, you know, love con, you know, love conquers all like beach bum. Like, so you guy. liked him before he was a meme basically yeah no i i yes yeah Yeah. i did um but and then it was movies like speed and constantine that really started to get me to be like like point break i'm not that really big of like a cop movie person yeah um and then when it came to like bill and ted it was like oh like that's where i get like the beach bum like idea of him um, but then Speed and Constantine came out, and that's when, like, okay, I can definitely, definitely be okay with any movie this guy does. Yeah. Um, which at uh, which I mean at at the moment, Const- uh, Constantine is my favorite favorite Keanu Reeves movie. That's a bold claim. I want to rewatch that because it feels to me like that movie is one of those where like. I loved it as a kid, but if I'd watch it again, it'd be stupid. No, no, like, it gets better. Like Van Helsing. When See, I no, it, the, but no, 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 be, one. because because Van, that's because it's huge. 
<laughs> it there's a big difference because the because Constantine takes place in like modern time yeah. when they uh is when they filmed it and it does more it deals with more of like the lore of like heaven and hell and what that means in Constantine's struggle between you know, like him feeling like he deserves a place in heaven because of what he does, uh-huh. even, uh, but he doesn't want to do what needs to be done to get into heaven. God. And then, and then of course, like how he uses that to his advantage to meet Satan, uh, and do like that whole thing. Um, but I'm over I, here, I'm over I, here I, looking up like yeah. what came first, Bill and Ted or Wayne's world. And he says, Satan, all I can hear is church lady. Like, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> so what did come first? It was definitely Wayne's World, okay, right? Okay, so the, I found a, somebody asked online what came first, Wayne's World, Bill, or Ted, Bill and Ted, and Beavis and Butthead. So the order is Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, then Beavis and Butthead. Oh, Wayne's World was after this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wayne's World premiered the 13th ep- Saturday of the 1988-1989 season. Oh, wow. So I'm guessing that would be like early 1989. Cause this almost felt like they were making fun of like the Wayne's world kind of movie. Like, cause to me they felt like they were just, Oh, the movie definitely came after. Oh, I'm, I was yeah. looking at like the, for the Wayne's world sketch. Cause they, oh. they feel like a parody of yeah those characters. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing too. You've got to understand about, about it is that Bill and Ted, Wayne and Garth, they are making that. That is the stereotype of gen X as teenagers. Yeah. So if you were to make two or three different movies where the premise is to make fun of or to have a caricature of like millennials, it's going to seem like they're based off each other. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. Like Bill and Ted are Gen X teenagers. Wayne and Garf are Gen X teenagers. It's just one's more California beach bum ish. And the other one is more like urban Chicago. That's where the difference lies. But I know, I know Reeves from his earlier movies. And that's why I always see him as like, I can't like, I see him as an action actor Mm -hmm. uh, because of Constantine and speed. And then the matrix and everything else just kind of fits. Yeah. But I still always have in my head, the vision of like the bill and Ted beach bomb character. And that's why, like when you guys would talk about him, like on John wick, on when we talked about John wick, it's like, you guys see him a certain way. And I'm over here like, yeah, I don't see him as like the, you know, like the trained assassin that you guys do yeah. because of the matrix and John wick. Well, I mean, that's what is matrix, John wick and Constantine. It's all kind of the same character to a point. Yeah. I mean, to this one, my first thought in this one was, Oh my God, Keanu Reeves is actually acting. Cause yeah. like, or, or he's not here and he is in the other ones. Like this just felt like such a departure from what I'm used to seeing him as. Yeah. Oh, we've done a deep dive on Keanu Reeves acting career. That now let's talk about, let's do a deep dive on Alex Winter's, Oh no! <laughs> acting career is it both of these movies and that's it no he he's actually transitioned from acting to directing oh that's he, cool. he does a lot of directing for tv shows a lot of big uh ben 10 stuff he did um it's little acting roles here and there he was in, a lot of people did ben 10 that like it almost makes me want to watch that show yeah he was in the borrowers which i think was that oh were they the they were the John little people. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like miniature. He played TV gangster. I was just making a joke. Like he, he. I just wanted to talk about the fact that he transitioned into directing. Yeah, because we were so. wondering. Like Romana actually asked me. She's like, I feel bad for the guy that played Bill, because Keanu Reeves got famous and he didn't. Well, he also got to be in the, that Walmart commercial where all of the cars come into Walmart for pickup. Oh, is he in that and, commercial? Yeah, he's in that commercial with a younger version of himself. Uh, so you have past bill and future bill talking to uh kevin smith's son-in-law like the kid who they talk to who's playing the walmart employee is is living with kevin smith dating his daughter oh so he like they he did that whole son in lockdown thing for tbs he's the son-in-law oh that's funny so huh yeah because i have to make this i have to bring up kevin smith one once every episode you have to so (laughs) So, all right. How did you guys feel? And I, I'm genuinely curious about like the connecting tissue glue that is the plot of this movie, because honestly, I didn't 
that for me that's the weakest part of the movie the whole like we have to pass history class to save the world like i think the idea of it is funny but i think the execution of like this is all happening because we have to pass history class and oh no there's a risk of me going to military school it's just like i I guess played out for me or something like the connecting tissue i just didn't really care about at all it's a very basic story yeah it's if this doesn't happen, then everything is doomed. So we, how do we get this to happen in a creative way? So mm-hmm. it's taking that we have to do this oral exi- report for history class in an auditorium full of people, which I never had to do that in history no. class. Um, I probably would have preferred that to writing papers um, if I had a time machine. Um but it's just it's just like taking a okay these two guys these two bums need to pass an exam what's the most batshit crazy way to have them pass this hold on these two bums that are going to be the literal shapers of the free world in the future yes i love that i love it like- so devin i don't know if you know this in the 80s they had a thing called cocaine <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was on okay, okay so here's my thing yeah with the whole connecting tissue yeah it doesn't need to be creative it just needs to be basic yeah and you want to know and 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 they give you that up front that it's not going to be creative and it's going to be basic. You're just here for hijinks. Mm-hmm. And that happens when they have the conversation about getting Eddie Van Halen to become an epic band. And they go back and forth in their logic circle about, about, about how the only way that they can be an epic band is to get Eddie Van Halen. And the only way to get Eddie Van Halen is to, is to create an epic video, but they can't make an epic video because they don't know how to play their guitars yet. So that's why they need Eddie Van Halen to show, uh, to, to teach them how to play so they can make an epic video and get Eddie Van Halen. And they talk in a circle Yeah, yeah. in this whole thing. And they end back at getting Eddie Van Halen and going right on, man. And <laughs> just, just they go forward. So that conversation right there negates the need for any kind of creative plot thing. I mean, especially when they show up in England, they go historical babes, like (laughs) see, and you're laughing. See, this is all this movie is for. That's all this movie is for. You're right. I mean, okay. So here's my thing is that like the movie is pretty simple and it's a lot about hijinks, but like, it does some very clever things that I think are very clever mm-hmm. and very like, I don't know, smart or witty Yeah. to the point where I just, I wanted all of it to be that. And I just, I think I just wanted too much from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Like, and that's, the, look at the cover of this DVD case. This was the movie poster, man. <laughs> that's true. So see, to me, this, this to me is like the perfect, I mean, honestly, Wayne's World is, but mm-hmm. I would say that this is a good example of a nice, lighthearted comedy where it's got it's mainly silliness. But then every 10, 15 minutes, there's a really intelligent, really deep, witty joke or something else that's real that, you know, that's somewhat intelligent, like case of example the first student that they showed giving her speech, mm-hmm. she was talking about some really heavy crap. Yeah. Like she was talking about some really heavy stuff. And that's the, and, and that's, uh, and that's the kind of thing you get with a movie like this, where I mean like, yeah, it's silly, but if you actually listen to what some of the people are saying, there's some critiques on just, I don't want to say society because that just sounds bogus but you know and <laughs> stupid and trying to sound intelligent but um like there's commentary in this about you know some aspects of life in the 1980s i mean that's the part that's the thing the movie does i think is like one second the joke is they're so, they're calling socrates socrates yeah and like ugh. <laughs> and then one the other second is like they bust in on Mozart during his concert and everyone reacts except for Mozart because he's deaf. Yeah, exactly. Like, dang it. Like that's so clever. Yeah, and, and and that's the point. This appeals to the fifteen year old 
1980, what, six? Did I or say? It nine. I think it's 89. 89. 80, 88. Oh, it's 88. Um, this appeals to the 15-year-old in that year, mm-hmm. but it also appeals to his parents or her parents. Yeah. I just, yeah. So, I, just, yeah. I think I can figure I think I figured out the balance of this movie. Okay. So, it's written by two guys. The first guy is Chris Matheson, who's pretty much just done Bill and Ted and a few other things that you might recognize, like a goofy movie. Oh. Mis- Mr. Wrong with Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman. Oh. And imagine that with uh, Eddie Murphy. Interesting. So, not 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 much, but yeah. some things, so, so, some quality. And then you have Ed Solomon, whose credit, at, like one of the credits after Bill and Ted, is Super Mario Brothers. Really? Yeah. It's the same one. Yeah. That. Yep. He yeah. wrote Socrates. You know, he wrote Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. But but see, the thing is. When it comes to Socrates uh-huh. and Socrates, think about these two characters and their level of academic intelligence when it comes to names and reading and pronouncing. Oh, Socrates yeah. makes sense for these characters. Oh, it totally that's does. Why, see, like, that's why, to me, like, even like the dumb jokes, like, there's intelligence behind it. I had that, actually, when they were like, George Washington was born on President's Day. And I'm like... Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Dang it. Well, was it that? And I forget uh, I forget what it is, but later on, um, like, when they're collecting these, these uh, historical figures, Bill makes a comment about something that, like, happened with uh, one of them. And I can't believe I forget, I forget what it is. But it's... It, it's a topic that Ted should not know. Yeah. From everything that they've shown, he should not know the the topic he's speaking on. But because they're so relaxed and they're in it, you can see that he's starting to get it. Yeah. And he's making comments and connections on things that, you know, Ted of he was born on President's Day shouldn't have gotten, but now he's starting to. Yeah. And so I mean, there's growth in the characters too, which I love. So we haven't addressed the uh, seven words you can't say on television in the room. I love seeing him in movies. George Carlin's in this movie. Um, he's he's phenomenal. He's spot my, on. My, he's, one of one of yeah. my biggest complaints about this movie is it could have used more Rufus. Yeah, absolutely. And even more so in the second one. I, I was going to say both. I mean, technically, there's more of him in the second one, but nah. I, I think that he needs to be on screen for most of it. Like, I was so sad when he was like, all right, I'm leaving you guys here. And he, like, fell away. Yeah. Well, because he's... Okay, so we're, we we just had an episode on, on time travel movies and yes. time travel theory and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're experts. you have a guy from the future who's given a task to make sure that these two guys don't screw up their final to make sure that they don't get separated for time and everything to work the way it should. I feel like Rufus is intelligent enough and he shows it to understand that he needs to step back and he can't be too involved in this. It's true for it to work. Cause he, I mean, they trust those two implicitly. Like they are the leaders, like they, the thought leaders of the, you know, the future. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess they're, you know, he should be able to trust them like that. Yeah, and he he does. And I feel like that's part of it. Besides, what you, what you do get of George Carlin in this is great. Mm-hmm. His best moment in this, though, is the last line of the movie where he just turns to the camera and is like, they get better. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, it's just a great joke. Like That's just a strong joke to end on mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, I'll watch the next one. Well, I mean, I just love the fact that in the beginning, they don't know how to play guitars. And in the end, they still don't know how to play guitars. Like, yeah, good. I love that. Yeah. So when it comes to the things that you generally were like eh, about with this movie, and because I know you kind of made the Taurus comment yeah. and some other things. So what's something that you want Alan or I to help you with, with this or do we even bother with this because of the kind of movie it is? Well, here's the thing is I need to be the parts that I struggle the most with are the parts when it was like, 
I'm being a generic 80s buddy comedy movie. Like, that's the part that, like, I had the hardest time with, I think. Okay. Um, just because, like, I get it. Like, it was tropey. But, like, was this movie trying to, like, was it aping other movies intentionally? Like, was it, like, purposely making fun of other buddy comedies at the time? Or was this a very earnest attempt at a buddy comedy movie with more going on? I think it's just an earnest attempt at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't feel like a parody. Like I feel okay. like I feel like after this it was a surge of the buddy comedy okay. with like Wayne's World and Tommy Boy mm-hmm. and even Beavis and Butthead. Um, I feel like this was the start of that trend in the nineties because this is eighty nine, so it's like right at the end of the eighties. So you you get this to carry over in the nineties. That's when you get Wayne's World one and two, mm-hmm. all the David Spade and Chris Farley stuff. Okay, I'm just glad it didn't come out in the middle of it. I wanted this to either be at the end of it and it was making fun of it, or the beginning of it and it started it. And like, I think that's, I think it makes me feel a little bit better about it. Okay. Yeah, because you see, to me, I would say the 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 chemistry that these two have, mm-hmm. I would say the closest thing you're going to get outside of Bill and Ted mm-hmm. is Biodome. Speaking of, I actually know a little bit of fact about this movie. Apparently, Bill was supposed to be played by Polly Shore. Which would have been a whole other movie, and I wouldn't have liked. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I'm glad they got Alex Winter. Yeah. Um. The other question I had, and this might not be what anything you guys know, when they were in the like in in the dinosaur times or like in prehistory, uh, I think it was Bill was like, "We got you some snacks to enjoy your time in the prehistoric era," and they were just like cans of something. I think it was pudding. I think it was yeah. canned chocolate oh, pudding. Because people were eating it in the auditorium too. I'm like, what are they eating? Like, I yeah. need to know. I think it's just canned chocolate pudding. Like, that's yeah. what I always assumed it was. Gross. Yeah. I know they came in cans. I hate that. Well, you've got to. This is late 80s. Right? You've got to <laughs> understand. Like, <laughs> still gross. Doesn't make it better. <laughs> yeah. What makes it worse is they were being peddled by Bill Cosby in the 80s. Oh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hey. Pudding for me. So, um, when it, so when it comes to the first one, yeah, because it's a really easy movie just to blow through talking about this. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the different historical figures, do you was would there have been any historical figures you would have switched out? That's a really good question for somebody else. Um, I would have switched out Joan of Arc. I think they kind of already did the whole like fierce leader thing with Napoleon. They did the warrior thing with Genghis Khan. I don't know if her character, especially because all they had her do is aerobics. I don't think she added much to the the dynamics of the group. I would have traded her out with somebody I don't, more polarizing or more of a like like Cleopatra or something. Like I mean, definitely still fill that role with a woman, but somebody who had something else going on other than a warrior. I think. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think. I would have probably switched out Socrates for one of the Caesars. Like Julius Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. But then you don't get the philosophy thing. You don't get the dust in the window. I, I, I would maybe... Yeah. May, I would maybe switch out... The philosophy thing's weird. It is a little weird. Like, it it works, but it's weird. Um, I would have probably added, like, Da Vinci. That would be cool. Um, it may be Mozart for because this is the '80s, so switch Mozart f- with uh, Beethoven. Uh, that would have been cool. So you can get like Tom Hulse from Amadeus to play him and just be like all crazy and stuff, like he was in Amadeus. That would have been funny. I can't tell you guys how much I love Freud in this movie. I don't mean to pivot away from your question because I want to hear your answer, but like. Almost every scene, Freud had something phallic in his hand. Oh yeah, and it was amazing. Like yeah, and then they just, were clearly making fun of him. Oh my god, the whole time, and yeah. like even just the line where they were like, "Maybe we should psychoanalyze you," and he's like, "No, nah, I just got a mild Oedipal complex." Yeah, oh, which like I I totally forgot about oh my, that, and I a, laughed hysterically what a at that one. Freaking line! Yeah. yeah, I actually laughed at that one. But anyway, who would you trade out? Uh, the same as what you said. Yeah. Um. Uh, Joan of Arc would go because I, she's one of the I don't know she's one of those characters in 
history that like you kind of touch on in school, Mm -hmm. but then you hear more about with like documentaries and then you're like, "Eh, this is really, this is, there's so much more to her story. That's so much more complicated than what. So who would you switch her out with? Um, because it's the United States. This is based in the United States. I was surprised that there weren't a lot of like, I feel like I would have done Molly Pitcher. Oh, that'd be cool. Because you've got all these people from, you know, like, you know, the world, but you're telling me a, even in a world history class that's set in a United States classroom, you're not going to talk about the United States because believe me, mine did. Mine did too. (laughs) So I I would definitely have Molly Pitcher. I think if you remade this movie today, I think you would have to go with like Angelica Schuyler. Oh, absolutely. You would. (laughs) Um, and be like, we'll tell your story. Like, just something. <laughs> they have to, like, throw a Hamilton joke yeah. in there. Um, yeah. I think that's about it for excellent. I mean, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I think Bill and Ted are the worst part of the movie, but I, <laughs> See, I liked it. That's what I want to get to. Why I think they're the worst part of the movie? Yeah. I just, I don't. I think it's funny. They're like, dude. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, we'll get to a line in the second one. Okay. No, I, I think we should just start talking about the second one because okay. I think I know what the problem is. Okay, let's do it. All right. So I th- do you like them more in the second Love one? Love them in the second okay. one. Okay. the movie. This is why. Is it because of death? Because they have a third one that they're bouncing off exactly. of? I think it's exactly it. I think because they, they have someone they're actually bouncing off of. Yeah. Because in the first one, they do have all of these historical figures, but they're not really interacting with any one of them for a no. long period of time. It's like maybe one line and then they're jumping back in the time machine to go get somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have that interaction. You don't really get to build those characters at all. It's just like moments. Like we're going to hit these beats and that's about it. Yeah. But in the second one, death is an actual character and they like death has some of the best lines in the second one. So do you think that's why you don't like them in the first one? I think it's, I think you're so close because I think it's, I think they are in number one. I think their function is just to move along to the next historical figure. They're the glue that's tying all the silliness together. And they're these two very earnest people that you have to get behind that have this big destiny. I think in number two, they give them so much more personality and so much more like, I don't know. They just so, they're so much more dynamic in the second one. Okay. So here's my thing. Yeah. Would you like Bogus Journey as much as you do if you hadn't seen the first one? Honestly, no. I think the first I think I'm with you though. I think the first one is essential to Bogus Journey, or I think I wouldn't have liked the characters. Yeah. Like I think I wouldn't if I had I just jumped straight into Bogus Journey, I think it wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah, because it's really like the first one, the concept is very out there of these two guys are the basis for society years in the future and in the second one it's like with these two dead the future that we know doesn't happen mm-hmm. um and like i said before in the 80s cocaine was a hell of a drug oh my gosh, this movie. so i feel like they were like okay we need to come up with a sequel for bill and ted all right uh what if they die <laughs> and then meet god and build robots of themselves like they, like you would see at chuck e cheese <laughs> And then there are two aliens that are basically just butts. Station. 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 I'm going to be honest. I loved everything about this movie. Good. I love this one was phenomenal. I, I like this one better than the first one by a lot, but I'm with you. I wouldn't have liked it as much had I not seen the first one. Yeah. So to get into the second one, mm-hmm. the second Bill and Ted movie is called Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And it was, and it came out in 1991. Um, which is kind of cool because they actually set up the timeline in the movie universe to match with the year that the second one comes out because the first one was set in like 2,688 or 89. And then the second one was 2,691. Oh, so, so you had that. Um, I made this comment when I first got over here, it was that the only thing I could think of when, because I haven't seen Bocus journey in years. And I turned that on and it got past the very opening and then it got to where they were at school. Oh, yeah. Uh, which that set has been used for several Star Trek episodes. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, 
the kids walking around in like the giant neon colored like shoes and the tights and like the weird foam chest thingies with the weird hats like all i could think of was kanye west in like his music videos yeah ryan made this comment when he came over and i just looked at him and was like do i look like the kind of guy who spends time watching kanye west videos if you've even seen one like like so okay so I don't, want, about, I don't want to give him the 30 cents he's going to get for off of my YouTube view okay. for watching his video. Okay. I, when it, when it comes to him, his latest videos, I've only seen them like once or twice. Um, the clothing is like, especially in the one video, like everything's really, the sizing just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. And so that entire opening part where the kids are walking around the school and they go into the classroom and George Carlin comes out and his like, you know, like day glow white shirt and, and everything like it was straight out of a Kanye West video. But anyway, <laughs> um, the premise of the movie is that there is a person in the future society that doesn't like Bill and Ted. So he wants to kill them so then he can create his own society. Um, and he creates evil Bill and Ted, which is amazing. Um, and they go back in time and Rufus goes back in time too. Um, and wears a human suit. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, and, that's... and height and more hijinks ensue. So the part that I think blew me away the most about this movie is it relied almost not at all on time travel. Because, I mean, if you hadn't told me what, like, I, while I was watching number one, I was like, okay, what's Bogus Journey about? Uh, my thought of this movie, because I didn't know anything about it, was that they were going to go back in time and meet all of the bad people in history. And, like, that's what I thought this movie was going to be. And I was so pleasantly surprised when they almost never time traveled in it. Yeah. Yeah, instead of exploring time, they're exploring the afterlife. Yeah. Which is like an even higher concept thing to deal with with these <laughs> characters. This world is insane. <laughs> so like the next one, they just travel to the fifth dimension. Right. Yeah. Beyond space and time. Yeah, so um, I would say the, the craziest thing to happen in this movie, or the scene that I have always been iffy on in Bogus Journey, is when they possess uh, Ted's father. And his friend at the police station. Yeah, that's that. Th that's always a question mark to me because I don't like the actor who plays his dad. Mm -hmm. I don't like his interpretation of Keanu Reeves playing Ted. You know how in certain movies you have scenarios where actor A needs to pretend to be actor B, pretending yeah. to be actor A as actor B. Yeah. Okay. To me, that didn't go well in that scene. I think it went. I don't know. I, I don't think I remember anything being egregious enough about that for me to like really stick out like that. I think. Yeah. It just to me, like it, it, it didn't, I don't know. Like it just, it, that part wasn't as funny as like the rest of the movie. And I think that's why it kind of stuck out. Like it was like, yeah. uh, it was like, you've got this, uh, is that the actor who plays, um, the, the father in in Step Brothers. Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, so my favorite joke in Bogus Journey was the fact that Missy went from dating Bill's, be, being married to Bill's father, to being married to Ted's father, and at the opening party, you just see uh, Bill's father just being all sad and shit. Yeah. Like he's just like looking, he's just like looking at her and just being sad and like that was my wife at one point. <laughs> like I can't wait to see what happens in the third one. Right? <laughs> Where, was it Missy marries the 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 the, uh, the villain at the end? Yeah, she yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I think overall, like favorite joke in the movie. Oh man, I don't know. There's there's a lot of one liners I really love in this movie. Like when they're talking about God, they're like God. Congratulations on Earth. <laughs> okay. But that's exactly what he would say. It is, though. I mean, these, yeah. It's, it's like Homer Simpson meeting God. It is, though. Like, it's the most extreme ends of the spectrum. Like, you get Homer Simpson mm -hmm. and God and the, having a conversation. Like, these two shouldn't meet. It's like, right. it's like Superman having a conversation with um, Howard the Duck. 
Two different universes, two different ends of the spectrum should not cross paths ever. But I guarantee that this probably happened at some point. Oh, yeah. So my favorite joke, because mm-hmm. I told you my least favorite one. Yeah. My favorite joke is the whole um, death getting frustrated that he can't beat Bill and Ted at a game. Like that whole thing of, of him just going best two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> it was what battleship and clue. It was and battleship clue twister. And it was that NFL one, the, the football one. The I ele- electronic yeah. football. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, that vibrating field that it was just luck. Like the yeah. piece would just vibrate. And if you got a touchdown, you got a touchdown. Otherwise. Oh, yeah. Like you would, you would set up your players like an actual play, and uh-huh. then you would just flip the switch, oh, and, and whatever it. happened happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. If uh, COVID shuts down the NFL, that's what they're going to go to. Oh, I'm for this all, season, I'm all for that. Um, <laughs> so if you had to play death to get your to go back down to Earth, what game would you challenge them to? You know, I was thinking that about that like almost the whole time, and I think it would be. Oh man, it's such a good question. It'd be Settlers of Catan. Okay, that's what it would be. Brian, how about you? Battleship. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, it's it's complete. If Death plays it the way he did in Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. I have an equal shot of going either way. Because yeah. to because to be honest, I'm not that good at any one game. Okay. So I'm just gonna go for the game that puts me on an even like scale with anybody, and that's Battleship. Mm-hmm. So, I would play Jumanji, and here's why: if I get sucked into the jungle, I'm no longer dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this. I like this loophole you're making. Yeah, it's a loophole. And then, but and it, but it, but if death keeps playing, that, but I'm assuming that chaos is going to ensue, and like death's chambers are going to be flooded with like vines and shit. And you'll so. have to save Jumanji together, and by the yeah. end, you'll especially, be friends. Especially if it's this death. <laughs> Son, who plays this death? Because he's phenomenal, and okay. I need to see everything His name, is, you, you've seen him in stuff. His name is William Sadler. That sounds so familiar. He was the president in Iron Man 3. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Does he do other comedic roles, though? Um... He's known for Bogus Journey, Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, and Die Hard 2. What so, a no. Wow. Um, but yeah, he was the president in some MCU stuff. He was also on some Blue Bloods, The Blacklist, Power, uh, Hawaii Five O's reboot. So this is really like a departure for the actor then, like being a comedic character like this. I would say so. Um, yeah. I know that he comes back for the third one. Does he? Yes. <gasps> I don't know anything about the third one, really, and I'm so happy that he's back. I know a little bit about the third one just from watching the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's back in, in some capacity. I don't know what, but... So, okay, I gotta know. Do you guys like... Which one do you guys like more? Because I definitely like the second one more. I like the first one more. Do you? Yeah. As a film, I think the first one is stronger. Okay. I can definitely see myself going back and watching the second one more, though. Yeah. Just because of the death stuff. Um, I think having that foil of death with the sickle the whole time... (laughs) And one of my favorite moments is him at the hardware store looking at the the hose to try and like figure out if he wants a new one. I was like, no. (laughs) I pushed the cart. I I helped pay. Um, Yeah, yeah, I can see myself watching that one more than the first. I like the first one more, Uh but I can't watch one without watching the other. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if I watch the first one, I'm watching the second. Gotta watch one. the second one. Like there, like there's no question to that. So it's just that. So like I'll be watching them the same, like the same amount. Mm-hmm. It's just I I enjoy the first one because I I I like the experience of re of like relearning who Bill and Ted are. Yeah. Because I just, I love their silliness together. I get that. I, I definitely get that. I think I want to see more about their future. Like, I want to see more of this Bill and Ted-centric future. Yeah. Well, I mean... If you, 
if, if you think about their future, it, it's they become like philosophers, basically. Yeah. And again, that's where the whole like uh, the the, uh, um, the Socrates thing like kind of plays in because like they're going to be philosophers. So they go back in time to grab one of the best ones, yeah. especially with the line. Like, was it, uh, was it like, you don't know, like the only way to know yourself is to realize, you know, nothing at all or mm-hmm. like that whole thing. And they just kind of look at each other and go, that makes so much sense because they do know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And they accept that about themselves. And it's great. Like, and that's one thing I love about these characters. They accept who they are to a T. Like, they know exactly who they are, and there's no getting around that. Like, um, it's just like their whole, like, you know, it's like they understand that their personal health together might be better if they split up. And then, and then, of course, they decide, no, that's not the right thing to do because you've got the one's grannies chasing them and the Easter bunnies chasing the other one. I love that. I love that whole sequence. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Like, the visuals in number two were just, ah, I loved it. So, I think one of my favorite bits in the last one, or in the second one, is at the very end where they're like, oh, yeah, we still suck. Let's just use the time machine yeah. and then just travel ahead. What was it? Eight, like 16 months, 16 months. Yeah. So I, I, I think I, in both of them, I like the use of, we can just use the time machine and come here later and give us the thing. Yeah. So we have it now. And then I love how it bites them in the ass in the second one, yep. just a little bit. Uh, I, I'd love, because that's not something you ever see in a time travel movie. No, the whole, like, yeah, we'll just do it later thing. Yeah. Got to remember to do it. Like, I really appreciated that a lot. I thought that was well done. And I love that they didn't show you them doing it. Yeah. Because, like, we get it. Like, yeah, you like, don't need to. It's like, when we're done, we're going to go back. We're going to get the keys and put them behind this sign. <gasps> Look, here they are. <laughs> <laughs> Deus Ex Time Machina. <laughs> For real, though. Um, did you guys watch the credits of number two? Yeah. The like the newspaper montage after the newspaper montage. No. So first off, the newspaper montage was like one of my favorite things. Yes. There was mm-hmm. oh, I forget there was one in there that actually made me laugh pretty hard, and I for it must have been something with death. But uh, later towards the end of the credits, it was like air guitars sponsored by vendor or something or Fender mm-hmm. or something like that, and like they do the air like who gave them the air guitars. There's a lot of like in jokes in it, and I really liked it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. It was the uh, air uh, air guitar proven to lower smog or something that like one that. That was a good one too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or then like the stock market crashed based on a rumor that they were gonna like, break, up, break, break up, up and then and, and, and spiked. Yeah, it was like the best day ever on the stock market when they when they came out and said that they weren't gonna split up. Maybe that means the stock market's gonna shoot up this weekend when it comes when uh, Face the Music comes out. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I don't. So hold on. This movie kind of attempted to bridge the gap then between the Bill and Ted that we know from the movies and the Bill and Ted that we know that they become in like the future version of it. Where, and I genuinely don't know this, where does the third one fit into all this then? Because it seems like, um, it seems like they're done. So in the third one, it seems like they haven't, they, they had that surge of success and then never followed up on it. Oh. So they were like, maybe like a two hit wonder. Got it. And then now they're just doing like bowling alleys. Side note, do they have... So at the end, Ted has little Bill and Bill has little Ted, like their sons. Mm-hmm. Didn't the trailer show that they have daughters? They have daughters in the in the did they just new like, one. Did they just ignore that part of it? I like, think the daughters are younger. Oh, okay. So I think their sons would be our age. Got it. So they're and probably I, not at home. Yeah. So I think they're more in their 20s. Okay. So if Bill and Ted are the the gen X, these would be the millennials. Okay. Like they're, they're somewhere between millennials and gen Z, I guess for the Which daughters. I really hope they go as stereotypey trophy for millennials, gen Z as they did for the gen X versions, because it, that would just be hysterical. I really hope it would play as well. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like gen X, like stereotypes are just funnier than millennial stereotypes. I or think am I, it's... am I off base on that one? 
I think, see, when it it came to the whole Gen X thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like there wasn't as many negative stereotypes. Yeah. And I feel like it was easier to play because if you had a kid who is 17 when Bill and Ted first came out and they went to go see Bill and Ted, they would probably spend the next two weeks talking like them because they (laughs) thought it was funny and because it kind of fit into like, you know, what they're probably their parents expected of them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like stereotypical humor is seen differently nowadays. Sure. And it's taken a lot differently now. <laughs> um, so it would all depend on what kind of, tr- what, uh, what kind of stereotypes and, um, they would use. Mm-hmm for it but i think it would be as funny i mean i think if any movie is going to do it well i think it's going to be this one yeah it's going to be the third one i just i, I trust the right do we know who's like writing it is it the it's same the people? same uh the, the good writer the good, the goofy movie yeah. writer yeah i trust the guy that made the goofy movie did not mess up a millennial stereotype i don't know if that's bad of me or not <laughs> but I, I trust him implicitly don't don't burn me on this one. Oh, it's bur- it's both of them. Oh, it's both of them. Um, but I think it's the same director. All they need to do is make sure that they always have uh, uh, a Starbucks cup in in their hand. That's most of it. One of them just needs to be carrying around Starbucks one hundred percent of the time. Talks about PSLs a couple times. Yes. Same yeah. writer. Same writer's different director. Oh, okay. um, Who's directing it this time? Dean Parasolt. I don't know if I know who that is. Uh, Make a look. comment about how they used to know HTML code. Now they don't. <laughs> oh, that's all of us. Oh, that one. Oh, <laughs> I'm more excited for three now. Why? So the director is known for Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh. Charlie Countryman, which I haven't oh, seen. Fun. Red 2. Oh, okay. And the one that gets my attention, Galaxy Quest. That's cool. Um. So let's just spend the rest of the show talking about our love of Galaxy Galaxy Quest. We've all seen it. We can't do an episode on it. No, we can't. We can't do an episode on it. I mean, we could. Yeah, we could. Um, so this movie's coming out at a weird time. Yeah. Movie theaters are just opening up. This is the first movie to this summer that's opening in theaters, but also doing the premium video on demand. So my question for you guys is. Movie theaters or rent at home? I think I'm going to end up seeing it at home. I think almost no matter what. Is this a general question yeah. just for the future? No, like this weekend, if you're going to watch Bill and Ted 3, how are you going to do it? Oh, renting it. Okay. Yeah, you're going to rent it? Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, third option, I may go to the drive-ins to see this. I thought about that too, actually. I'm actually trying to convince Romana to come to the drive-in to watch it because, I mean, gold members after it. Yeah, how does she feel about gold member? Loves it. Loves it. It's her most watched Austin Powers movie. Is it because he's Dutch? <laughs> I don't know. But I <laughs> like, like, I'm just curious how she thinks about what she thinks about that. Like Michael Caine, like, there are two things I hate in this world: people who are inconsiderate of other people's cultures, and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. The Dutch in that movie is done about as well as Dutch people are done in every movie, which is terribly and not even close to being right. <laughs> He's basically a German person yeah. with a little different of an accent. And like, fine. like that, That's the Austin Powers movie I probably quote the most. I'm like, how about no, you freaky Dutch bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen that movie like once. I don't think I've, I've watched the other two considerably more. Yeah, no, I've, Gold Member's my favorite. Is it? Yeah, it, it, it's also Kristen's too. I might have to watch that movie again. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I might have to do a double feature of Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and The Spy Who Shagged Me, and then just go this weekend and watch the third parts of both trilogies. That would be a great time, actually. Um. So, yeah. it's You know what? I, I like the fact that it's one of the few movies that's actually getting a theatrical release this year because that like sets it up to do well, I think. Yeah, it puts it in contention for the Oscars. It does. <laughs> what, Bill and Ted? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the best picture nominees this year are going to be Birds of Prey or the, the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog, Bill and Ted, and whatever that Russell Crowe movie is where he yells at people in traffic. <laughs> 2012 is going to be such a weird, like, 
best movies of 2012 and it's going to be like a garbage heap of movies. 2020. Or 2020, it's in 2012. Ugh. I mean, the it, world's it, ending, it so... It should be. Nothing matters. Yeah. It should be. But, um... Okay, so... We've gotten down to why Devin doesn't like the... First his one. main aspect mm-hmm. of the first one. Yeah. So we've yeah. gotten that down. Um... Was there anything about the second one that just fell flat for you? You know what? Station fell flat for me for a bit. I like their, yeah. in, I like their introduction a lot, where they were like, why do you think the best scientist in the universe would be human? Great. Yeah. Give me an alien. Fine. I don't know if a movie that absurd needed like little people in costumes or like little like <laughs> they just like I'm telling you they had to be on drugs when they wrote this because they they, oh. they die they meet God and you know what let's throw aliens in there too why not hey, why not like I don't know I I that almost was one thing too much for me this, this even I, when they like morphed into one I wasn't even upset at that point <laughs> I figured out what bogus journey is what is it it's just a Stefan sketch from. Uh, weekend update this movie has everything god <laughs> it, two aliens that morph into one and are the smart, smartest creature in the universe chuck e cheese robots slippery when wet references <laughs> i forgot about that i feel like this movie was just a game of chicken with the writers like you won't throw an alien into this you won't have the meet god and the devil in the movie like like here it goes we're doing it bill and ted guys yeah, you're not gonna have a drill sergeant Easter Bunny and an old granny chasing them through hallways and uh, in hell. You're not gonna... You want to bet? <laughs> no, can we talk about the drill sergeant? And I feel like the actor's whole deal in the movie was I'm just gonna try to make Keanu Reeves as uncomfortable as possible. Well, he did. Uh, yeah, but that is the same character from the first one. Oh yeah, he just wasn't in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they actually showed him. Yeah, yeah. But like, okay. he just like every time he was talking to Keanu Reeves, he was way too close to his face well, and he wouldn't yeah. get that close to bill's face it was just ted's face yeah well that's because he was going after ted because ted was the one that was going to be going to school it's, yeah. it's also weird just watching th- scenes like that in the world of covid yeah also, because yes. it's just like oh, both of these movies were yeah. weird like watching well, it occasionally especially especially with the bubble gum Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I had a thing about bubblegum before COVID even happened. I hate bubblegum. I think it's the grossest thing in the world. I will never chew gum. You'll never get me to do it. Really? Honestly, I, I chewed gum maybe once in my life and hated everything about it. Why? I, I think it's How bro- old were you? Oh, uh, I was like eight. When like when like zebra bubblegum was like the cool thing to do. And that was like... Hang I, on a second. The only bubblegum you've ever chewed was zebra? Yeah. Oh God! That's why you hate bubble gum. Uh-huh. No, it's not. It's, no, it is. It's the aesthetics of it. It's it's all of it. It's... No, you don't understand. Zebra bubble gum is different. How? It's the you have to have it, like the flavor disappears like immediately. Okay. Other gum lasts a little bit longer, and it's a different texture for crying yeah. out loud. I don't even remember the texture. I just like I don't like I don't like the look on anyone's face when they blow a bubble. I don't think that ever looks cool. Well, bubble gum and chewing gum are two different things. Yes, no, they're not. Are they? Yes. I mean, you can blow bubbles with chewing gum, but they're like, like tiny. Trident. Like you can blow a bubble with Trident, but you've got to chew like four pieces. Here's what I don't like. How do you keep your breath fresh? I brush my teeth a bunch or do a breath mint like okay. tic tacs no i like uh, icebreakers a lot <laughs> um i i don't love the fact that in 45 minutes i don't know how long gum lasts i have to reach <laughs> obviously in, i have to reach <laughs> into my mouth and take this thing out you spit it out even worse y- your entire perception of chewing gum is wrong entire <laughs> <laughs> perception so it's really okay <laughs> so Two things. Yeah. One time I chewed gum and it just like it turned to dust in my mouth. Good. Like Thanos snapped it away. <laughs> and I was so confused. Like, I don't know what happened and it's never happened since. But I remember in sitting in sixth grade chewing gum and all of a sudden I had like this paper pulp in my mouth. It was disgusting. Ooh. Yeah. And two, have we told the Tic Tac story on this podcast yet? No. Do you do you know what I'm talking about with Cloverfield? No. With with Dan? No, I forget this story. What happened? So uh back when Cloverfield was in theaters, we mm-hmm. went with our friend Dan to see it. Yeah. And Dan's a Dan's a wonderful guy, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Dan. Um 
we're sitting in the movie and Cloverfield's an intense movie and it gets really quiet in parts. Yeah. And then it's like dead quiet. I think it's the subway scene. <laughs> and you just hear a few things over. You guys want a Tic Tac? <laughs> no, I <laughs> I remember that. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, friend of the show, Dan. Yeah. But yeah, awesome. but yeah, no. Like whenever I chew gum, I, I chew gum. It's 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 not bubble gum. It's it's usually just like your normal like pack, like Double Mint or Big Red or Trident or or something like that. And you chew it for maybe like 15, 10 minutes, depending on like you know like anxious or whatever. And then you go to the trash can and just go. That's it. Yeah, but then that thing that was in your mouth sticks to the side of the trash can or the trash bag or like gross slobbers itself down into the trash. No, oh, you just spit it, was, it in and oh, it goes there. I don't know. I just, oh, I don't, I don't love, I don't know. I think it's the fact that like once in my mind, right, once food has entered your mouth, it then become, becomes unseemly no matter what. I don't want to see anything that anyone's chewing. I don't want anyone to see anything I'm chewing. If I'm eating and talking, I'm covering my mouth. Because I just have this thing about food that goes into mouths. And, like, I just, like, there you go. Like, I Again, know. again, you reach your hand into your mouth and pull it out like you've got to touch it. You don't. You just spit. I don't know. I, I don't even, like, I've had food before that was just awful. I won't spit it out. Like, okay, see, this sounds more of a subconscious thing. This is like than it yeah. does anything. This is else, like pathologic. So. Like this goes okay. past gum. Like this is okay. Now, now I understand. This is the therapy part of our podcast. That's fine. Now but I understand. It's to totally say, okay. The gum part of this disgusted me so because I think <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves in this does a move where he like he like just puts the wad of gum to his face, yeah, and spits it on. Oh, dude. It got me. I almost bombed. I almost gagged a little bit at that part. So like, I have a story. And I'm not overreacting. I have a story then that you're gonna love. Well, oh, not no. a story, but just a, do you remember the show Wild and Crazy Kids? Yeah. On Nickelodeon. Oh yeah. Okay, they had a. This was back maybe like ninety two, ninety one. They had an episode where the two teams of kids yeah. had they had a seesaw, and it was weighted so that it would stay level, mm-hmm. and the side to get the most chewed gum. In five minutes, because they were going to move the like the weight and whichever side it tilted to, meaning that that team put more chewed gum on their side of it, uh, they <laughs> they won. So you have a bunch of these kids, like eight, ten, nine years old, just chewing like bazooka bubble gum for like two chews and then taking it out with their hand and putting it on a pile and then going back for more. That's my... completely unsanitary. Okay. So if we ever talk about what room I could have walked in in Bill and Ted 2, that is my personal hell. It is, you just described it. Like, <laughs> little kids probably chewing like cows. Yeah. And then ugh, putting it on the, oh, no. No, no, no. Everything about that's my hell. That would be my room. So then I'm going to assume you really hated the joke in Elf with, like, uh, you probably really hated the joke of Santa going, if you find chewed gum on the street, leave it alone. It's not candy. And then, and of course they show, uh, uh, Farrell going through buddy and pulling the chewed gum off the railing. And I can't imagine how Will Farrell did that. Like as an actor, even like, I'm, I'm sure like it was like, I don't know, just paper soaked, candy or something. Paper are soaked a little bit. I don't know. Just, that would be crossing a line for me. <laughs> All right. I forgot I had a gum thing. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> so, at the, so at the end of the day, yeah. you would recommend both movies. I think you have to. I think neither of them work on their own. I mean, I think I okay. could watch one and be like, that was neat. And okay. not like care that two existed. But you can't watch two without one. Exactly. So, and Alan, you said this was your first time watching these movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I'm surprised at. My wife has tried to get me to watch the first one a few times, and I just haven't until now. Because I was like, oh, they're going to make a third one, then we'll just do it for the podcast. That That's become my new thing. Like, oh, we'll watch it for the podcast. Well, I'll hold off. <laughs> and then she gets mad at me. Yeah, so. see, if see, if I were to do that to Kristen, I wouldn't be here right now because I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think that does it for Bill and Ted. Yeah. So um, if we end up seeing Bill and Ted face the music this weekend, maybe we'll do a bonus episode next week to talk about it. I'm about it. Um, Because we haven't done anything like that over the summer because there's been nothing that came out. Um, But yeah, uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh, You can email us at You Have to Watch This Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to the podcast. We're expanding to a few more platforms here soon. I'm Devin just got really excited because I haven't told, told them about this yet. Um, but yeah, so keep an eye out for that. We'll keep our social media updated with, with any, any exciting announcements coming up. Um, but since we did a movie to, to tie into something coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going back on schedule, and I'm making you guys watch something for another movie coming out next week as a tie-in. Uh, so next week, uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet drops in the United States. So I'm going to have you guys watch a Christopher Nolan movie that neither of you have seen, which is Memento. Oh, good. This okay. is kind of my list. So we will be watching that next week. So... Until then, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And remember, be excellent to each other and party on. (laughs) Swing!